Hello, golf fans. It may be December, but that does not mean it's <laughs> not time for golf. It's a big deal here, and uh, with another edition of the Big D Podcast, before I bring in the day's special guests, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We can see all our content, good and bad. You can see my ram on Urban Meyer. <laughs> I wanted him fired, and he got sacked this week, yesterday. So, and also check out the Big D Podcast on Spotify and Apple. So. Joining us is one of my um, UK golfing friends, uh, Tom Jacobs, to uh, review the 2021 golf season. Tom, I can't believe it. Where, where did all the golf go? I know. It's uh, it's like rats on a sinking ship. It uh, very quickly wraps up, and uh, we have a couple of pretty mediocre events to end the year where they kind of try and cling on to golf until the end of the season, um, and then they officially call it quits. But uh it won't be long, will it, before we're back in Hawaii for a for a double header, um, and people are already ready to talk about the majors for next year. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm thinking back in your neck of the woods. Hawaii might not sound like a bad idea now, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, well, yeah, it's things, isn't it? But uh, it was a big year, wasn't it? It was a big, big, uh, you know, lots of surprises. Obviously, one very big surprise major winner last season. A um, couple of lit downs, which we'll obviously go into as well. Uh, but more importantly, there's a lot of positive stories. I think a lot of people that made some big progress in the uh, in the world rankings, which obviously you know about, I know about, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about those all here. Yeah, so uh, ultimately, which golfer do you think performed the best in 2021? So I think it has to go to Colin Morikawa, right? I think that it was it was looking like John Rahm for a lot of the uh, a lot of 2021. I think he obviously had his breakout uh, major victory and and just went on that tear. But he only won once, right? And when you're playing your best, well, he won twice, didn't he? He won he won the US Open and the Tour Championship technically, um, if you want to count that. But um, you know, officially, he's only got the one victory. Um, uh, and when you're playing as well as he was for, for 2021, you really need to take more of an advantage of that. You know, we talk about Patrick Cantlay, who doesn't seem to come up in these conversations other than people moaning that he won the award. Um, and he won, what was it, four times, three times this season. So, um, you know, there, there's there, there's a lot of debates, but I think Colin Morikawa overall was, was the man for the year. Agree. I mean, when I see Colin Morikawa, I see consistency. I mean, no golfer has done better the last year and a half after he beat Justin Thomas at the Wolf Day last year and then came back, won the PGA at Holden Park. And then this year, let's see, he won a, the WGC just up the road for me. Yep. Even though Gus is not really a Morikawa course top 20 there. Yep. Top 10 at the PGA and US Open. And let's see, he won this event. I'm confused. He won the Open Championship. I'm, I hear it's a half decent event, right? Yeah. I mean, he uh, he put us all off the scent with his, uh, he, he was terrible in the Scottish Open. And he basically said that he uh, didn't understand how to play Lynx golf. Uh, he didn't know how to hit his irons through the turf. Uh, so everyone was off of him. And then two days into the week, he, uh, after everyone's already placed their bets, decided to tell everyone that he switched up his irons for the week and he's ready to go. Um, and just like that, he was uh, he was a major winner again. But um, 
I mean, it wasn't really a true open championship. I know that sounds a bit harsh, but I think that there wasn't really the weather. Um, you know, the scoring was pretty easy for an open championship. So, um, you know, if you get if you get some bad weather on the bad side of the draw at St Andrews this year, then you're uh, you're going to be struggling. And and we might see what we thought we were going to see at Morikawa this year. Um, but I, I just think that the reason I think he's my player of the year is he, he just sticks to to what he does. Right, he's a He's an elite iron player. He's got great touch around the greens, not on the greens, um, and, and he's an incredibly straight driver of the ball. So whilst he doesn't hit it as long as everybody else, he just he finds his fairways, finds greens, and he's just very volatile with the putter, right? And, and that's actually better than just being flat out terrible. Um, you know, you've got these guys that consistently are, are zero strokes game putters that that don't really lose it for their putting, but don't win it either. And he can have weeks where he gains five or six strokes and he wins the tournament. So I think he has that special elite talent, whereas you had Justin Thomas was a, was one of the best iron players in the world for a long time. And I think Morikawa was firmly taking that handle and uh, starting to look a lot like a, a certain Tiger Woods uh, with his irons. So, um, you know, th- there's a lot to like about Colin Morikawa. Uh, really good statesman for the game, really good for the PGA Tour. But, you know, in that, in, in Morikawa and his brilliance, you know, it's, it's quite easy to forget how good Victor Hovland was you know I thought Victor Hovland was brilliant for a lot of the, a lot of the year and there is that kind of stickler that he hasn't won on on US soil yet which I think is just a formality he just happens to like Maya Cobra and uh and Puerto Rico but um you know he, he'll get the win it, it will come and it'll probably come quite early next season and it will be a non-story again but uh but yeah you you agree that Colin Morikawa was the man then yep and also won the race, became the first American to win the race for Dubai, which is something that, which is something you never see a PGA Tour golfer win a European award. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those weird, weird things that if a Tiger Woods had had uh, the European Tour membership, he'd won the money list every year, right? So, I mean, I was very outspoken on Twitter that I didn't like the fact that he had the opportunity to win it. I'm glad that the fact that he did win it by winning the golf tournament helped his cause. Um, you know, I think that's always important, um, but he shouldn't really have been there, right? I mean, he played, what, two events outside of the majors. Uh, and the difference between the European Tour scoring and the FedEx Cup is the FedEx Cup is based on FedEx Cup points, right? So every event is kind of, unless it's an opposite field event, which is like 300 points, every PGA Tour victory is 500 points. And then it goes... 550 for a WGC and 600 for a major championship. And that's, that's not too much of a differential. Whereas the European tour is, or the DP world tour, as we like to call it now is all based on prize money. So Colin Morikawa was playing for 2 million at the open championship when it, with his winner's check and, and Thomas Peters was winning 200,000 for his tournament. And you just simply can't compete with that if you're not a regular in the majors. So Richard Bland, who had a very, very good season, Minwoo Lee had very good seasons just didn't have the opportunity to compete for that title because they weren't playing in the major championships regularly enough. <laughs> that Richard Bland story in golf became like a big story. I'm trying to remember what major it was that Bland... Is the US Open, he led after 36 holes, didn't he, at Torrey Pines? And I never saw that. I, I mean, I, I like to, to think I know what I'm looking at and what I'm talking about, but Richard Bland, I mean, I, I used to take, you know, I used to, rip into him quite a lot really and say that he was a non-winner and it was great to see him win you know it was great to see him break through at the British Masters big tournament over here um 
and he, he got the honour of, of hitting the first tee shot at the Open Championship, had that 36-hole lead at the US Open, obviously fell away. But, you know, his consistency after that victory was, was absolutely a sight to behold. Yeah, and Richard Bland wasn't the only, um, I, don't, I don't know if you call him old golfer, but maybe elder statesman to win this year. How about Phil Mickelson at age 50 winning the PGA? Was that the biggest, was that the biggest surprise of the year? Yeah, it has to be right. You know, they're, 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 I mean, I would say that I was quite surprised what Richard Bland did. Um, you know, it, it was pretty remarkable, but you know, 50 going on 51, Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship. And he just wasn't even playing well, right? Like, you know, if, if it was a case of he had played decently the week before at Quail Hollow, where he plays well quite often, um, you know, if, if he had done that and, and finished top 10, then maybe it wouldn't have been that surprising. You know, it's still surprising because he's 50 years of age, but he'd have seen some form. But he had one two decent finishes. He was 21st at the Masters, 25th at the Honda Classic, 35th at the Players. So when you look at what he was doing in the bigger, the the stronger field, you know, the Players Championship, the Masters, the Honda, you know, they're all top 35, top 25 finishes. So maybe that should have been a sign. But, you know, you had to go back to the FedEx St. Jude uh, a year before for his last top 10. Um, you know, so... It was a bit of a surprise, and then he went and goes and uh, beats everybody on the, on the Champions Tour as well. As I think it was four wins and six starts, so uh, that's going to be the Phil Mickelson tour now. It's uh, it's been Bernard Langer's time, and now it's uh, and now it's Phil Mickelson's if he wants to play regularly enough. I think what Phil showed is age can be a number. If you keep yourself in shape, don't have any injuries. You can age gracefully, and I mean Phil still hits the ball a long way. I mean. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure Phil's what right. direction. <laughs> now it might now it might go in the trees. It might go in some mm. East Want lawn. It might go in the <laughs> in the drink. But Phil can hit the ball a long way, and we see there has never been a magician with the wedges like Phil. And, and that's the thing, right? Is that there's two things important things that you made there is you, you keep yourself in shape, and he's not an athlete. He's not the biggest athlete, right? He's just looked after his body reasonably well towards later in the career. As you see, 10 years ago, PJ Tour players were just, once they got to their 50s, they were accepting that it was over for them, right? And Phil's always been wayward off the tee. He's always been pretty long, but he's always been wayward. And he's always been brilliant with his short game. And and that will remain until he loses, you know, that little bit of touch. It tends to go on the putting greens eventually. But um, yeah, I mean, I... I I wouldn't say it'd be that surprising if he went and won another tournament next year. Um, you know, I think we've seen worse players than him contend in tournaments at, at a big age. And I think that 50 year olds in golf now is not the same as 50 year olds in golf 10, 15, 20 years ago. I think it's, uh, you know, we're seeing Lee Westwood is close to, uh, to going to, you know, he's close to 50 years of age. He's coming up to, to the Champions Tour eventually. So, yeah, I think for me, that was. You know, it's a pretty exciting thing. But for me, Dylan, I mean, I know who I was going to say, but who for you would have been your biggest improver? You know, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a young guy. I mean, the guy that I would pick is, but who would you say made the biggest leaps, um, you know, in 2021? Oh, that's a good question because it's funny because the question is, when is this guy going to win? Because I keep seeing Scotty Scheffler come 
somewhere near the leaderboard in like every event. I'm like, when is he going to win? When is he going to win? Yeah, and and I think as well with that is that he's kind of been this good since he's been out, right? You know, he won on the on the Corn Ferry Tour and then came out here and he was very quickly contending on things. And I actually don't think he's taken as much as much as he's climbed up the world rankings from us. I think he ended the year at 31st and got up right to 11th, which is why you would say that he was one of the biggest improvers in terms of the world rankings. Um, you know, I, I don't think that he's quite done it. And it does concern me. You know, I watched that Houston Open where he had a, a really good opportunity to win and three straight bogeys down the back nine was a, was a worry. And Jason Koprak, who would be one of these players that you could say is is one of the most improved, obviously took the spoils. But for me, uh, then it was Sam Burns. I think that that what he showed in, in 2021. And I mean, I... I I know that you know the answer. I mean, you're you're pretty clued up in these type of things. But if if anyone was to guess how old Sam Burns was, I bet they would think he was older than he actually is. Do you know how old he was, uh, Denham? 25. 25, 26, I think he is now. Um, and that's what Scotty Sheffield's age is, right? And that's only a year older than Colin Morikawa. And it's... Sam everyone Burns kinda... is 25. 25, there you go. So he's not even 26. And everyone kind of views him as this guy that's been around for so long. And that's because he has, you know, he's been around for a, for a decently long time. 2015, he started playing some PJ tour events, um, but they kind of wrote him off early. You know, he didn't get over the line a couple of times. And then all of a sudden, what was it? Two wins um, this year, two seconds, two thirds. And, you know, two of those seconds could have easily been victories. He lost in the playoff at the FedEx St. Jude to, a, to another new winner in Abraham Ansler. And back at Riviera, he had he had a lead for a good period of time as well. So, um, yeah, I would say that he was my biggest improver. But um, on the opposite side of things, Dylan, who do you think regressed the most uh, in 2021? Who who lit themselves down to a point where you're actually worried about their their future and, and, and the immediate future in 2022? I can't believe I'm saying it because at the end of 2020, nobody was dominating the golf like this man. But uh, did you see Justin Johnson's 2020, 2021 season? Uh, it was strange. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, he won the Saudi Arabia tournament, but yeah. on the PGA yeah. Tour itself, DJ was not himself. And in the majors, yeah, he contended or was sort of contending at the. You were at the at the open championship. He was, open. he was at the, yeah. But I mean, I, I didn't see the same DJ miss the cut at the Masters, miss the cut at the PGA. I mean, it's it, it just didn't look like the same Justin Johnson I'm I've been used to seeing the last decade plus. And I think a lot of that may come from the fact that he got that Masters victory in in November last year. Like I think that was a huge goal for him was not not necessarily just to win the Masters but to to back up that US Open win that he had to to really vindicate himself as a two-time major winner and I think once he achieved I don't know if this is true there could have been a multitude of reasons but I think that that once you've done something like that you maybe take the the foot off the pedal a bit maybe the hunger goes away like okay I'm a two-time major winner now I've done my bit um you know I can rock up to an event and win it on talent alone if I if I apply myself so I won't try too hard and 
you can see by the time he got to the end, you can you can very clearly see what at the end of the 2021 when he lost that kind of first place in the world rankings um, after finishing 19th at the US Open. He went 19th, 25th, 8th, two missed cuts and a 10th, 6th and an 8th again. So he very quickly started to uh, to contend again. I think that, that maybe that was the kind of shock he needed. But I mean, there, there's been a there's been a couple of guys that really kind of fell away. I mean, maybe it's been been cooking for a little while. But Bubba Watson, I thought was was a, a bit of a concern. Um, and I really like Bubba Watson. I like the the, the game of golf that he plays. Um, but he split up his longtime caddy Ted Scott. You know, that's uh, that's over and done with now. And you know, I think there's a big chance of Justin Rose bouncing back in in 2022. But he wasn't great this year. I mean, he. He played better earlier in the season than people gave him credit for, but ultimately didn't get over the line. So, um, yeah, I think that there's a couple of candidates really for me that that I would be slightly worried about. Um, Ricky Fowler, you want to see him turn it around pretty quick. Um, and then you've you know, just got the obvious guys. I mean, there, there's just Jason Day. I mean, where is his golf game yeah. going? I mean, I know he played well at the, the, the Pairs tournament last week, but... Uh, doesn't look like he's going to be number one in the world anytime again soon. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what 2022 happens. I mean, we've got some, we were talking off air before we came on then, weren't we? We've got some great venues this season for, for the major championships. Yep, indeed. I mean, Augustus hosting the Masters, Southern Hills hosting the PGA, Country Club at Brooklyn hosting the US Open, and then St. Andrews is hosting the 150 Open Championship. If you had to pick one, it doesn't matter which event, one person that you think will definitely win a major in 2022, based on those courses that you've got in front of you there, who would you who would you be most confident pinning your uh, pinning your hat to? Probably Xander. Probably Xander. It's interesting because doesn't win a lot of PGA Tour events in general, does he? So I I think he's. I think he's. It's going to happen, isn't it? Right? You know. I think again, he's another guy that um, has been written off because he doesn't win as much as people think he should. Um, And you're always comparing it to kind of heroics from others like Colin Morikawa has been so good John Rahn's been so good Patrick Cantley has been very good over the last couple of years Bryson DeChambeau has changed golf so all of a sudden you've got his weighty expectations but it's very hard to say that he'll definitely win one for me this guy I'm going to say but I think I'm very confident that Victor Hovland's going to start contending in these major championships this year because that is the next natural step for his game right he ended the year last year in 14th place in the world rankings, he's now up to the top seven after his Hero World Champion, uh, Hero World Challenge win. Southern Hills is in Oklahoma, is obviously where he went to to school. Um, you know, he's in Augusta now. He's. I don't see why St Andrews wouldn't suit his game. I think he's he's plenty good enough to to contend there. I don't know much about Brookline uh, in general to know who would win there, but I guess his power and his driving will will get him through there. Um, Brooks Kepka. Maybe he's going to come back and get one after going so close last year and not doing it. Um, probably should have won that PJ Championship, right? You know, that's which not one. Which one? Yeah. All of them? Yeah. 
that's that's the thing is that he what we don't really give credit to that that week when Phil Mickelson won is just how Brooks Kepka didn't look like Brooks Kepka in that final round. You know, very, very early on, he he showed he was quite fragile. He shot 74 on that final day. Okay, he only lost uh, by one stroke on the day to Phil Mickelson, but, you know, that wasn't quite the the Brooks that we're used to. And, and like you say, which PGA Championship, it was the, the year before he was right up in contention, uh, you know, and, and threw that away as well. So, and then what, was it fourth at the US Open as well? Um, at Torrey Pines. So, had some chances, right? And, and I think that eventually that's going to come good. He's very bullish. He's saying that the best is yet to come still. I don't know if he's just saying that. It's Brooks Kepka, right? And he's been too busy beefing with Bryson DeChambeau to really focus on his uh, on his golf game week to week. But uh, yeah, that, to me, it would probably be Victor Hovland would be someone I'd be really confident in. Um, maybe maybe you should be going to someone that's already won one, but there's two guys. You've given Xander, I've given Victor Hovland. There's two guys that could... I mean, the easy answer is John Rahm. The easy answer is Colin Morikawa. The easy answer is Justin Thomas, right? I think they're three guys that are very easy. Um, Justin Thomas sneakily had a pretty disappointing year, I thought. You know, I know he won, I know he won the Players' Championship. Um, but that stretch of golf after he won that, he had one top eight uh, at the Scottish Open until he got to the FedEx Cup playoffs. And then he come alive. He was full for the Northern Trust, full for the Tour Championships on the 72-hole scoring, third at Mayakoba, fifth at the Hero World. So he come alive again, a bit like DJ did at the end of the year. But some of those finishes after the, the players, he was poor at the match play, 21st at the Masters, 13th at the Valspar, 26th at the Wells Fargo, 40th at the Charles Schwab, missed the cut at the PGA, 42nd at the Memorial, never there at US Open, 20th, 40th Open Championship. That's not the kind of golf that we're used to from Justin Thomas and... And it was basically down to the putter, right? You know, and, and when it's only one club, you can be pretty sure he's going to bring it back. But um, yeah, I think that, I mean, he said it himself. I've heard him in interviews. He, he basically gave himself a, a pretty tough score in his year as a whole. But, you know, it, it will be interesting to see. I mean, there's guys up there that, that I look at the world rankings now. I'm just looking at it as we speak. And there's a couple of guys up there that I think are in fragile positions. I'm not sure Louis Oosthuizen is going to be in the top 10 in the world rankings next year. Um, Harris English hasn't quite been the same since he changed his putter grip at the Ryder Cup, uh, one that he's been using for 20 years. Um, I don't know what to expect out of Jordan Spieth this year. I mean, I assume he'll be pretty good because we, we saw the flashbacks uh, earlier in the year when he won in Texas, but winning in Texas where you'd expect him to win. And again, since he was second in the Open Championship, he was 12th at the FedEx St. Jude, but then he went on a really torrid run of form. Um, so I don't know what to expect from Jordan Spieth in 20. What, what do you think would happen with Jordan Spieth in 2022? I think one or two things happens with Jordan Spieth. Either he, either he, he gets over the major hump. Yep. Or- and we and it's almost like a reincarnation of what Phil did last, this past year. Or Spieth regresses and reverts back to more of his old self from the previous few years. I think I think the worry with Jordan Spieth is that he's kind of got that classical skill set where he relies a lot on his short game and his driving has never been the absolute best. I know he was very he, was, he had a very good period where he's excellent with his irons. Uh, for a couple of years and but how many times do we see him just making 
50 foot putts, 70 foot putts, chip-ins. Like that was just what he did. And eventually I think that kind of caught up with him and he had to go and address the issues of his driving that derailed him for a long time. And I think there's been signs us coming back, but uh, I'm not entirely sure what to expect in, uh, in 2022. So um, what uh, interesting you mentioned Bryson and Brooks, because lately the Bryson DeChambeau Brooks Kepka rivalry has become extra spicy. Of course, they, played the match, which really wasn't much of a match because Brooks won that handily. Do you think this Brooks-Bryson rivalry will end up being good for them? And which guy do you think it benefits more? I think it's just a branding thing, right? I think it's a, a pip money thing. I don't think it's... I don't think they really hate each other. I think if they really hated each other, they wouldn't be able to get on at the Ryder Cup. I think if they really hated one another, they wouldn't have done the match because they just wouldn't want to spend 12 holes with one another. So I think it was a very good marketing ploy for both of them. I think that that maybe Brooks benefited in the end because he got that win at the match and kind of said, there you go, I've beat your head to head. And Bryson was just, I mean, Bryson knows what to do on the internet, right? He's, he's this new age golfer where he knows how to do his YouTube channels, as you do. Knows how to do his Twitch, knows how to do Instagram Live, and that was just what he did. He, you know, he, he had a chat with his manager and said, "Let's start up a, a beef with Brooks Koepka. Um, And I think that's all it was. I don't, I don't think there's really anything to it. I think that next year we'll hear very little about it until maybe they play with one another in a in a grouping or something, and maybe someone makes a, a bit of a quip at it. But uh, yeah, I, I can't see it being a big thing. But who do you think has to have a big twenty twenty? Like who? Who, if they don't do something this year, it could be Rory winning a major again. It could be Scheffler winning a PGA Tour event for the first time. It could be, I don't know, you know, just someone getting back in the winner's circle. Who who do you think needs the biggest change in 2022? That's a good one. I think Justin Thomas needs to maybe not win in majors, but he's got to be there. He's yeah. going to be there in majors because we've seen Colin Morikawa win a couple of majors. We've seen guys contend in majors. I mean, true, JT won the 2017 PGA at Coy Hollow. Right. And everybody has wondered, you know, could Justin Thomas prove he's not just a one-time major winner because Y.E. Yang has won the same amount of majors yeah. as Justin yeah. Thomas. And I, and I think that's it, you know, like what we said about Dustin Johnson. I know Dustin Johnson's obviously a bit further into his career, but I think there is there is always a thing that if you win one, it could be lucky, right? And if you win two, it means you're, a you know, an extremely good major player. Um, and Justin Thomas' record since winning the, the PGA, PGA hasn't been great in majors. I know 2020 had a full for an eighth, but... You know, 2018, he was 17th in the Masters, 2050 US Open, missed cut open championship, sixth at the PGA. Then 2019, 12th in the Masters, didn't play the PGA, missed the cut US Open, 11th in the Open. Um, you know, that 2020, again, there wasn't the greatest performances. He had a fourth in the Masters, eighth in the US Open, but 37th in the PGA, it was, it was pretty disappointing. And it's been the same in 2021 as well. 21st cut, 19th, 40th. That's not... That's not the, the level you're expecting. I mean, Brooks Koepka will just have a top five in a major every year. Um, he needs to do that, I think. So 
I think that's an interesting one. But I think that really for me, I think Rory has got to get over that major hump. Like, I think that's been a long time coming. You know, it's great seeing him win the CJ Cup. It's great him win, you know, contending at Dubai or, or whatever. But where was it? The one as well, Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo. Yeah, you know, it's that's great. But he doesn't get out of bed to win those tournaments, does he? He gets out of bed to, to compete in major championships. And the one sore subject is obviously Augusta. You know, that's the one that he wants to win. Um, I don't necessarily think it has to be that one next year. I think he just has to get back to winning major championships and then he can set his sights on Augusta again. So I think between him and I think between Scotty Scheffler getting that first PJ Tour victory, because, I mean, I'm a big advocate of doing it. Like I think if you're someone that's routinely finishing second, third, fifth, sixth, seventh. I think that's underrated, right? And I think a lot of people would jumped on Tony Finau's back when really they didn't need to. Like, a win will happen if you're there all the time. But he has started to throw some tournaments away. And I, and I, and I think that's a bit of a concern until he does actually change that up. Yeah, you can't be the bridesmaid. Sometimes you've got to be married. Yeah, Louis Eustazen, yeah, he, he loves a... Uh, Bridesmaids at, at the major championships, but um, I mean, Louis, Louis got what? How many second or third place finishes does he have? Uh, in major? I mean, if I, if I was a Louis Eustazen fan, I'd be sitting in a dark room most times he gets in the major championship because he uh, it's actually amazing how often he contends in them. I mean, he was second at the 2012 uh Masters to, to Bubba Watson, um, second again at the US Open and the Open Championship in 2015. Second at the PGA 2017, third at the US Open 2020, and then second, second, third at the PGA US Open and Open last year. Like that is just phenomenal. Like he's had six seconds in total in major championships, two thirds, uh, and just that one victory. So it is a bit of a concern. I think that why is that that he's not getting over the line when he's there that many that many options? Tough. Uh yeah. So uh who do you think ends up winning? I know twenty twenty two major seasons way ahead of us. We don't know how guys will perform. We don't know what's going to happen, but who do you think ends up winning these major the full majors right now? I think that I'd like to see Brooks contend at Augusta. I think he's shown that he can do that. Um, so I think he's got a good opportunity there. Justin Thomas has been in, uh, improving there as well. Um, sneakily, I think that Sam Burns could win uh, one of the, either the US Open or the PGA Championship. Uh, I think that's a, a very realistic possibility. And then I think St Andrews will go. Uh... So St Andrews is so hard because until the draw comes out, you you have no idea. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau could literally tear. St. Andrews, well, it, it could literally get remodeled if Bryson DeChambeau wants to. So uh, it'll be interesting. If he gets some benign conditions and he gets the right side of the draw, uh, the, the, the tournament record could be in uh, could be in jeopardy. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if it's calm, if it's calm conditions, Bryson might go 65, 65, 65, 65. Yeah, yeah. He might hit. He might hit. He might hit the ball over the through the green on some of these holes. Well, it, this is the trouble. Is I think that we're coming with that long distance is he's got to. Sometimes it goes really wrong, right? You know, he, he he hits it too far, and sometimes he leaves himself a really awkward chip that he's not very good at. So, 
the one thing I like about Bryson DeChambeau is that when there's a weakness, he'll go and fix it. Like he fixes his putting. And if he can fix his chipping and his just general wedge game, 100 yards and in, it's going to be frightening. Like we, we, We've been talking about Bryson taking over golf for a long time and it hasn't materialised yet. But if he fixes that wedge game, it, it is game over for, for a lot of the tour because only probably five or six guys can key up with him. I, I can't wait to see Bryson, Bryson and St. Andrews. I mean, you imagine a big name winning the 150th? I mean, other than maybe Tiger, that'd be the biggest thing you could think of, Frank. Funny you mentioned Tiger Woods, right? You know, he's playing this week at the, the father-son, which Justin Thomas is going to win, which is absolutely ridiculous that he's allowed to be the son in the scenario of the father-son challenge when... Uh, you know, he's one of the best players in the world and, you know, same with the quarters as well that they're, they're playing. But um, I don't know what to expect about Tiger Woods. There's a lot of people very, very excited about him playing at the Masters in 2022 and there's nothing yet to suggest that he's going to do that. I know he was warming up at the range at the Bahamas, um, but he's going to be playing 36 holes this weekend in a golf cart. He's not going to have to hit his driver because he's just going to take Charlie's drives off the tee. Um, so I don't think we're going to learn anything about Tiger Woods yet that we don't already know. Um, I would be, I would remain cautious about Tiger Woods' chances of any major options in uh, in 2022. I certainly wouldn't be betting him until I've seen him play one in another tournament. I don't, I want to, I want to see Tiger hit a driver, hit four straight days of drivers before I even think about what betting him, using him anywhere. Well, I think like he can hit he can hit every club in the bag, right? But he can't do that after walking four tournament rounds. Like you want him to, you know, everyone talks about, oh, you, you don't know how hilly Augusta is until you get there. Well, Tiger knows how hilly Augusta is. He's walked around there a hundred times and he's gonna find it out when he's in, in a bad shape with his leg and his back. And to me, I love, I love Tiger Woods. I absolutely there, there's there's a lot wider issue we can talk about Tiger Woods, which probably take another hour that I'm not going to go into. But it's, I just, I just don't want people to get so excited like because of what happened in 2019. So we've had 2019 Masters victory for Tiger Woods, we've had the 2021 PGA victory with Phil Mickelson, and then suddenly everyone just thinks that's going to be common practice, right? And those are the two best to do it for years, right? They are. Very, very special players that break the mold. They don't, they don't set new trends. I don't, I don't certainly don't expect to see Bubba Watson suddenly playing his best golf as he gets towards fifty. I certainly don't expect, you know, some of them have improved. Uh, Lee Westwood's been playing some of his best golf later on in his life, but again, do I expect Lee Westwood to be favourites for for major championships next year? No, I don't. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be tough. I mean. It really is difficult to predict, you know, as we say, it's probably way too early to, to think. But if you could get a 20 to 1 number about Brooks Kepka in any major championship, I think that's probably, I mean, I think he's 20 to 1 for the Masters at the moment, um, probably because that's one that people don't expect to see him win so soon uh, with, with the injury doubts and things like that. But I think 20 to 1 and up for Brooks Kepka in major championships is always worth looking at because. He does just play them so differently to everything else. I think he's he's twenty to one for the Masters, and you can get twenty to one for the PGA Championship at Southern Hills as well. I might need to I might need to look into that because I think Brooks Koepka's good. I think Brooks Koepka and Southern Hills will be a match made in heaven. 
Yeah, and and what will happen is he'll play really well there, and everyone will go wide and I bet Brooks Kepka right. And you don't. It's not like you're taking on the favourite. You're not taking on John Rahm and you feel lit down when he doesn't win. You're you're backing a guy that's twice the price of the favourite, has proven major pedigree. Um, is is there people that I think are more likely to win one? Yeah, I think you know, like I said, Victor Hovland and people like that. But um, you know, I would I would certainly not be ruling out Brooks Koepka and. He showed it even even injured this year. He showed what he can do in the major championship. So that would be the worry for everyone else. Yeah, you imagine Brooks Koepka ever got healthy, he might win. Yeah. He might win all the majors. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, he he's the type of person that wins multiple in a year, right? That's just that's what he can do. So I would be concerned. But <clears throat> talking about golf in general for 2022, then we've got the rebranded. Uh, tour in the DP World Tour. Now it's no longer the European Tour because they're playing in Japan, they're playing in Kilimanjaro, they're playing in everywhere. You know, they're, they're going all over the globe, right? And I think that's good for that tour because the players are going to be playing for bigger purses. They co-sanctioned some events with the PJ Tour. I think the, the Scottish Open is a PJ Tour event. The Irish Open is getting the bigger prize money. Uh, is the Saudi Arabia event going to be co-sanctioned too? Is that, that why like everybody's going over there? That is uh, an Asian tour event. So that is with um, the, the new Super League, right, that, that Greg Norman's running. So they all have to get releases from the PGA Tour to go there. So at the moment, they're saying if you go there, you're going to lose your PGA Tour rights. Uh, that won't happen. They'll let them go there. I think it's Dustin Johnson. It's Graham McDowell, it's Abraham Answer, it's Bryson, it's Sanders. I think Sanders going too. I possibly don't Phil is probably going for another paycheck, you know, because he hasn't got enough money already. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it's we know what it is. Like, I I don't take it. I don't take it personally. I don't. I don't care. Like they want to pay them that money to come over to the event. They accept the money. I know that there's a lot of human rights issues over there, and there's. A lot of reasons not to go to Saudi Arabia, but there's a lot of talk at the moment about that they keep coming out with the wrong answers when they're asked. They keep saying the golf course is amazing. Just don't ask them. You know they're not going to come out and say something against Saudi Arabia because then they'll get on the phone and they'll say, oh, you're not coming anymore. That's two and a half million we're taking out your pocket. So they've got to just talk nonsense. They've got to just toe the line and, and get into that event and get two million for not playing they don't even have to make the cut. It's just an appearance fee. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I listened to is it Andy Gardner, the guy that does the PGL. He runs the P, that, that sounds like an interesting concept going along the lines of a Formula One model where they play 20 events a year and they've all got teams and they can draft players in their teams and things like that. So that that's actually sounds like an interesting concept, but I just don't know quite how that's going to, come to fruition against the PGA Tour. Especially when you've got guys playing all over the world because, like, what if one guy's on the European Tour, one guy's on the US, on the PGA or the DP World Tour, one guy's in the US, that would be be fun to create a team, but might be a little nerve-wracking for that. Okay, does this result count? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the tough thing. And they don't know quite how they're going to get world ranking points because they need it to be co-sanctioned. And there's an awful lot of things that, that go into it. So um, as much as it sounds like an interesting concept, until there's any sort of suggestion it's going to work, I don't think it's a threat to the PGA Tour. They'll just keep 
giving people more pit money to uh, to to keep just just keep giving Tiger Woods fifty million a year and 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 everyone will stick around. So um, certainly an interesting topic there. So thanks for off and on, Tom. We wish you the well. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and hopefully twenty twenty two is a lot pr- uh, bright, not just for you, but in the uh, golf world. Yeah, I agree, Dylan. Thank you for having me on, buddy. Have a great Christmas, great uh, you know New Year, happy holidays. You've been excellent. I've really enjoyed obviously meeting you in twenty twenty one, doing these videos with you. You do a great job every week. Um, so just be really proud of yourself for that. And the good news is. Dylan, that we didn't touch upon is that you get to possibly enjoy some Jacksonville Jaguars in 2022 because Urban Meyer has been shown the door. Um, you know, he, he might have possibly even been kicked out of the door because he certainly kicked Josh Lambeau before he left. So uh, I think I think I think I think somebody showed him the door too. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's. Uh, I, I'm just waiting for it to be the London Jaguars, Dylan, but. Uh, I don't think it'll be. Yeah, long. when we play, when we play at Tottenham Hotspur. That's it. Yeah, it won't we'll be long. Play a Super Bowl in London. <laughs> it won't be long. It's gonna have. They. I saw they announced. Is it six or eight teams that have, have got a marketing campaign in the UK? Jets are one of them. Dolphins are one of them. I think Jags are one. Vikings. Forty uh, Niners also got a partnership with Leeds United as well. So, um, lots of good stuff to come to the UK NFL market, but. Uh, Another subject. Yeah.